0: h-e-l-p sober. Our brains get used to big dopamine bursts from alcohol and this makes natural rewards like walking, nice weather, or spending time with friends or loved ones not have as much of an impact. When you get sober and you can't get that dopamine boost from alcohol anymore, life can feel flat, boring, and like why even bother? In this episode, I'm going to explain why we feel a lack of pleasure or anhedonia in early sobriety, what months are typically the toughest, what causes this to happen in the brain, and when you can expect to feel joy, pleasure, and gratitude again. So let's dig in. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I am your host, Jill, and today we are talking about the reward system. So one of the more unexpected experiences in sobriety is a lack of pleasure or joy and just feeling very flat. This will typically happen between two months to a year, and it can make you feel hopeless and like sobriety sucks and you'll never have fun ever again. Lack of pleasure, or anhedonia, is a big trigger for relapse because we're used to using alcohol to cope with boredom and negative emotions. Lack of pleasure is something that people with depression may also experience, and it has to do with dopamine. Natural rewards release a certain amount of dopamine, and dopamine helps us remember the pleasurable experience. I did a deep dive into everything about dopamine in episode 62, but it's a motivational chemical that pushes us to seek out things that the brain believes is good for our survival. The more dopamine that's released, the better the brain thinks the thing is for us. But the problem is alcohol releases a massive amount of dopamine. And after a while, the brain adapts to all the extra dopamine because it wants to stay in balance and not have a ton of dopamine being released all the time. It does this by making it harder for dopamine to bind to its receptors so the dopamine that is released from drinking has less of an impact. The reward system becomes desensitized because of the constant flood of dopamine from all the alcohol that we're drinking, and you need more alcohol to have the same effect. If I can simplify this, imagine that we all have a reward scale of 1 to 100, with 1 being not rewarding at all, and 100 being the most amazing thing ever. When you drink, alcohol's not a 100, it's actually a 1000 because our reward scale is based on natural rewards, and alcohol is not a natural reward. When you hit your brain with a 1000 all the time, the brain adapts and expands its scale. Now your reward scale doesn't go from 1 to 100, it goes from 1 to 1000. Natural rewards have not changed their intensity though, so going on a walk could be like a 50. When your scale is all messed up, And you're used to 1,000 level rewards, a 50 feels like a complete waste of time, especially when it takes effort to get that 50 and the reward is delayed. So, why put effort into natural rewards when, first of all, they don't have that much of an impact? And second, you could have a drink with no effort and get the best reward ever. We train our brain to get used to unnatural rewards, and this makes sobriety very difficult. It took time for your brain to adapt its reward system to alcohol, and it's also going to take time to adapt back. But in the process, you might feel why bother about a lot of stuff, or you might just feel a general lack of pleasure, or you might want to go to things like sugar or edibles or other substances to try to create that extra boost in dopamine that you're craving. In sobriety, your brain still has these adaptations to its dopamine system and it takes time for this to heal. If you're feeling very flat, then I want you to understand that this is your reward system recalibrating and healing. Your brain is used to huge spikes and drops from alcohol and natural rewards do not have much of an impact. When you're only exposed to natural rewards in sobriety, they don't seem all that great. But over time, your brain will heal and natural rewards will have the impact that they should. So over time, your scale will slowly drop down back from a thousand to a hundred. And then that walk that gets you a 50, that will have a much bigger impact when your scale is fixed and it's not based on unnatural rewards anymore. So here's a good analogy to think of. Imagine that you're in a really long room and there's a target on the wall at the opposite end, and you have one of those pitching machines that shoots baseballs really fast, and you consistently hit the target every single time. That's alcohol, and the target on the wall is experiencing pleasure. And over time, the baseball shoots back, and it hits you in the gut every single time, but you still keep doing it. And then you get sober, and your pitching machine disappears. Now you have to hit the target throwing the baseball yourself. It's impossible. The room is way too big, and even the best pitcher in the world could never hit it. So you feel hopeless, and like, why am I even bothering with this? That's what natural rewards feel like in early sobriety. They don't even get near the target because alcohol has pushed our threshold up so high. But the longer you stay sober, the smaller the room gets, until you're able to throw the ball and hit the target yourself. It takes time, but eventually natural rewards are able to register in your brain and be rewarding and worthwhile. I discuss this in a lot of detail in episode 99, but we build strong pathways in our brain that reinforce drinking alcohol. When we drink alcohol, it releases dopamine into our reward center, and that creates a memory of the experience, but more importantly, how you found the alcohol. So the next time you encounter the same cue, like feeling bored, dopamine is released to motivate you to seek out alcohol. And with repetitive drinking, our brain builds out an association for earlier and earlier cues. So where a take-it-or-leave-it drinker may start to feel the anticipation of drinking when they get home from work on a Friday night, someone who repeats the behavior for years will begin to feel that anticipation earlier and earlier in the day because their brain is categorizing cues earlier on in the process to try to identify which situations mean an alcohol reward is coming. These are called reward predictors, and your brain tries to recognize them to make getting a reward more habitual and automatic. So remember, your brain wants to use as little brain power as possible. It wants to conserve energy. So making some behaviors automatic is essential to conserve energy. So your brain knows how to build out habits and it does that with alcohol. And we build out this automatic routine that starts with cues much earlier on in the process. So this could mean maybe around lunchtime when your hangover from the night before has faded. Your brain could be releasing dopamine, trying to guide you towards drinking alcohol. When something upsetting happens in your life, you probably feel triggered to drink and get rid of the emotions. Dopamine is being released in your brain when the trigger happens and is trying to direct you down the path to alcohol, which you've always used as the solution to your problems. For people who have never developed, These alcohol induced changes to their brain. When something upsetting happens for them, they don't have alerts or urges telling them to drink. That pathway doesn't exist for them. And you're not weak with no self control because you give in. You built this pathway over years and you trained yourself that alcohol is the solution. So your brain releases dopamine to try to motivate you to seek out the solution. When a reward predictor is activated in sobriety, you're going to be hit with a craving because your brain believes that Q means you will be getting alcohol soon. So it releases dopamine to motivate you to search for it, which feels like a craving. And in early sobriety especially, that pathway that you built is still there. It doesn't disappear because you decided not to drink anymore. And studies have found that it never fully disappears. And that it can even intensify in early sobriety, probably due to being in withdrawal and the brain being shocked that alcohol isn't around anymore. But the more that you train your brain to understand that alcohol isn't coming anymore, the more that it can build out cues for other pathways, like walking, calling a friend, going to a meeting, or checking in with your sober community. And these pathways being permanent doesn't mean that you are going to suffer permanently or sobriety means white knuckling forever. It just means that we can't go back because we can easily strengthen and reactivate these pathways again if we go back to drinking. And that's why a lot of people, they think they're cured and they go back and very quickly their drinking ends up right where it was when they quit. That's because those pathways are still there and even if they're dusty, they can be rejuvenated quickly. So when we quit drinking, it's easy to expect that after the initial withdrawal period has passed, things will be great forever. And we forget, or don't understand, that we build our lives around alcohol, so there's a lot that needs to change when you get sober. And plus, drinking all the time has prevented us from learning coping skills, dealing with stress in healthy ways, or getting used to feeling our emotions. So it's very important to manage your expectations. You drink for a long time. It's going to take more than a few weeks to get things in order and feel better. It's estimated that the dopamine system can recover in anywhere from 90 days to 14 months. And this depends on your genetics, how many years you drank, how much you drank in each drinking session, and how many relapses you've had because cycles of withdrawal make an impact. Anecdotally, in my Living a Sober Powered Life community, it seems like people begin to struggle with lack of pleasure and natural rewards being a waste of time around five or six months in. And this can also be because the pink cloud fades away and sobriety isn't exciting anymore. It's just a way of life. So, there can be two things contributing to it both the reward system being messed up and the scale being too big for natural rewards to register, and the pink cloud going away if you had a pink cloud. There's a lot of healing that happens in the brain in the first 90 days, but especially in the first year. So, remember, it took your brain a long time to get to where it is right now, and it needs time and patience to heal. And this doesn't mean that your whole first year is going to suck. I thought that my first year was mostly great overall, but then each year after just got better and better. Going back to drinking is not going to solve anything, so it's important to get support through therapy meetings, online communities, or real life groups like AA. And I've also noticed from interacting with the people in my community in our meetings that people can begin to feel gratitude and joy again between six to eight months in. So to me, That's a big sign of healing. The ability to feel gratitude for silly things like trees, flowers, or the sunrise means that natural rewards are having an impact on your brain again. Once this happens, it will feel easier to go on a walk, take a bath, journal, call a friend, and do all the things that we know are good for us. So remember, all the drinking that you did expanded your reward scale from zero to a thousand, but natural rewards are only less than a hundred. So it feels like it's too much effort for not a big payoff. So why bother? Things might feel really hard, like a waste of your time, like nothing will ever feel good again. But the more that you stick with not drinking, the more your reward system is going to heal and recalibrate and it'll slowly reduce from 1,000 down to 800, down to 700. And eventually, your reward system will go from 1 to 100 again. And those natural rewards will feel like they have a bigger impact on you. So then it'll be easier to do the things that you know will actually help you and not things that just provide instant gratification. But if you drink, you're going to disrupt this healing process and prevent your brain and your reward system from recovering. If this episode was helpful for you, then I would really appreciate if you could share it and help me spread the word. I can tell people a thousand times to listen to my podcast and it's exactly the information they want. But when a complete stranger tells them who doesn't host the show, it has a much bigger impact. So thank you for your support. Thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you next week.